I'm excited today because we are actually going to be interviewing Jeremy Slate, and he's actually someone personally helped me a ton individually and is also someone who has really burst onto the scene with influencers and millennials and, and he himself has gotten his articles viewed by hundreds of thousands of people in different kinds of publications and he's also helped his in, in tons of podcasts and get them you know listen to and have their audience spread to millions of people around the world and so i'm excited jeremy and thanks so much for taking the time out of today and welcome to the show dude thank you so much for having me this is really kind of cool because for those of you guys that don't know this we're actually like doing this like through facebook live and i like we figured this out and apparently i'll let you know hector it does only work on the phone not on my computers my computer's sitting behind this so thanks for having me man i'm stoked to be chatting with it yeah guys you know live video when you do it live and if you're catching this on the recording know that somehow technology let it get to you but when you do things live it always hits the fan and so it's been uh, been something uh, a large growing experience for me but jeremy I, I started to notice you when i got into this kind of online space i started to notice mm -hmm. that there were a, a lot of uh maybe it reeked of like snake oil sales salesmen and it reeked of just people who just saw an opportunity to make a quick buck. And I think I really mm. connected with you because you seem like the opposite. You seem like someone who's really genuine and someone who's really out there to make a difference and an impact. So I wanted to have you on because you have a great message to share, but I'm curious, can you catch us up? I know you didn't start in entrepreneurship. You didn't start out mm -hmm. you know, having uh, you know, one of the top podcasts on iTunes. You didn't start out having a client service company that gets people featured in all these different, I mean, you didn't start out there. So for the people who are catching up, can you catch us up on how we got to this point and why you're so passionate about what you do now? Dude, totally. And it's funny because so my podcast is called Create Your Own Life. And I was talking to somebody about this morning, like that name actually came out of like angst of I was creating somebody else's life. So my background is that I actually did my undergrad degree in world religion, studied at Oxford for a bit, came back and did my master's in ancient history. And I uh, taught high school. I was teaching U.S. history, and I was absolutely miserable because that was somebody else's dream. That was my parents, God love them, that was their dream. So I was living that. And 2013, January that year, March of that year, sorry, my mom had a stroke. And it really kind of made me look at, like, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I living somebody else's dream? Why am I not doing what I want to do? And why am I not offering this value that I have to offer to the world? So in June of that year, my wife was approached about a network marketing opportunity. I had no idea what it was. I saw this presentation. I'm like, dude, like, million bucks next week. Awesome. This is going to be great. I was like, it's so easy to make money. Like, why does nobody know about this? So uh, needless to say, that didn't happen. And that at least got me started on the path looking for something different. And I went from there to selling life insurance, then selling products in Amazon. And I finally found my place in the digital marketing space, building websites, building email campaigns, stuff like that. And I have been a podcast listener since like 2004. So I finally decided in 2015, I'd start my own podcast called Create Your Own Life. And it saw success pretty quickly because I had learned that I needed to be a student because I had tried having a podcast earlier in that year and it failed because I was the expert, which I wasn't. And I was telling people how to live their lives, which I had no idea. So it was when I became a student, things really worked out. And I saw what this did for me. And that's when I really started a company, which is now called Command Your Brand, to help people become really awesome podcast guests and help them get on shows to uh, promote their brand and promote everything they're doing. 
Yeah. What, what's interesting, Jeremy, is there's always this, like, there's this starting point, right? People always mm. start out where they finish. And for you as network marketing, for me as direct sales, and kind of it opens us up to the possibilities and it opens us up to the opportunities that's out there. And, mm-hmm. and then we kind of morph and shift and we end up in this online space. So for you, what was it about podcasts that made, like, I know you said you kind of saw that it was mm-hmm. there, but now you help clients with it as well. What's yeah. the opportunity in podcasts right now? And why do you think that it's worth so much time investing trying to get on these different podcasts and why your clients maybe you can share some of the the things that they've seen from it yeah well it's really interesting because it's like let's look at video right if you want to watch video you have to sit and watch video the thing about audio is number one the audiences are very engaged because the person they're listening to almost becomes like their little influencer their mini influencer so those people are going to be very engaged always listening to that person they're going to see Anything that that person highlights or validates is something that they should take a look at. So it really kind of helps in that way. But also, like, they're always doing something else. Like, they're driving. They're working on their computer. Like, dude, I'm like a podcast addict. And it's funny because, like, I help people a lot of times with business shows, but that's not what I listen to. I listen to things about the history of New York City. I listen to all these, like, really weird things. And I've just been into podcasts for so long that I just, I've really seen the space grow and morph and it's become a better and better and better opportunity just because number one, a lot of times the people that are listening are just more affluent. So if you have a product or service to sell, they're probably can afford it and they're probably ones you can actually help. And number two, the viewership just keeps growing. Like the number of people that uh, listen to podcasts is more than, I want to say, I read this article by Jay Barrett, Convince and Convert recently, where he talked about the number of people listening to podcasts is actually more than see a movie in an entire month will listen to a podcast in a week. And it just kind of shows, number one, where that industry is going. And number two, like just how great that opportunity is. Like that's a huge number of people that can be interested in like what you're doing and what you're putting out there. And it's also like very oriented on storytelling, right? Like people in the marketing space forget they're marketing to people. So like the fact that you can on a big scale market one-to-one is really kind of interesting. And that's what podcasting really allows you to do. Yeah. I fell in love with Joe Rogan a long time ago and he got me through building my business because I used to Mm. be out in the sun for just hours handing out flyers and I'd need something to get me through the time. And what was interesting is I would, you would, you would spend, you know, and his shows are three hours long sometimes. Yeah. At the end of it, though, you have this such a connection with his guest, right? And, right? and I look at, on my bookshelf, I can't tell you how many people I, I went and bought their books because I listened to his podcast, or if I went and subscribed to them, and now I follow them because I found them on that podcast. And, and it's just, he always brings up that when you're getting interviewed on a show or, or like a TV show, it's short, quick snippets, and you really don't get to the heart of someone. You, know, you really don't get to real connection with someone. Where podcasts... Because people can do it while you know while they're walking, you know, doing the dishes, or because they can do it while they're driving or working out, it creates this uh-huh. opportunity for you to spend time. And I, I remember I met, you know, I was hanging out with. Like, I say we're hanging out. We're at the same function, and uh, I was like, dude, you probably get this all the time, but like you're in my head all the time. Like we're hanging out like three or four times a week just because I'm spending that time with you. So it creates a whole different kind of relationship with that influencer and their audience that frankly just wasn't possible before. Yeah. Well, here's the weird thing too, just to that point, like it's, it's interesting the long form content you can create. Cause like when I first started my show and even to the, like the beginning of this year, like my episodes were like 25 minutes to a half an hour. 
And I've now even lengthened them where some of them have been 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and 10 minutes. And those episodes actually do better because we get into some like, you get to get in these conversations and people get to listen in on your conversations. Like I talked to, uh, I just got to interview Jason Gaynard today from Mastermind Talks. And we really dug into some stuff because we spent quite a bit of time talking. And it's just, I don't know, on those short like TV interviews, it's over. You don't get that. You just, you don't get that ability. And there's just not an ability to do that. Yeah. I saw today you had uh, Sean Merriman on your podcast today. And the funny thing is I actually met Sean Merriman at the same party that I was hanging out with Lewis Howes at. And what's just interesting is that the the people that you can meet, the people that you can connect with, and the, the platform, it basically, you have your own radio show, which is cool. You got to interview James Altucher. I mean, so like, yeah. talk to me about what starting a podcast and what that has done for, mm-hmm. for you, your network. Maybe you can share some, some things of, you know, feel free to name drop and stuff like that. But what's been some cool things that have happened since, since yeah. you started your podcast? Well, I will say, first of all, that Sean Merriman thing was really cool because I just remember watching him play in the NFL. And I was at an event out in Anaheim a couple months ago with Nicholas Barely from the Billion Dollar Body. And he goes, you know what, man? You know who you have to interview? You have to interview Sean Merriman. So I connected with him on Twitter and we like got it hooked up like very quickly. I'm like, really? That's it? Um, so that was that was a really cool experience for me. But my podcast early on, like it got traction quickly, but that's because I took a lot of action. Like the biggest thing you have to realize when you're starting a show is the only thing that ranks you in iTunes is the number of subscribers you have in a 24-hour period. So if you can keep driving people to subscribe over and over and over again and get a lot of subscribers, it's going to help to keep your show ranked up high. And then it happens like what, what I like to say, you call it, you, you stick the landing on the charts. Meaning like if you can get enough subscribes over a period of time that you get in that top 50, people see you, your content's good. You can stick there. And I, I think that's the thing I, I really try to explain to people is those number of subscribes you can drive in is really going to be a big deal for what you can do. So I drove a lot of people to do that early on. And it was even like to the point of me grabbing people's cell phone and saying, hey, let me help you subscribe. Because I knew that was the metric I had to go for early on to get that. And I know it's not a huge number, but I saw 10,000 downloads in my first 30 days from being nobody. Like I had no network. I had nobody that was really influential that I was around. So it really allowed me to connect to, at this point, hundreds of people that I really admired. I got to talk to Grant Cardone. I got to talk to, I got to do a live event with James Altucher. That was like really cool. I never saw that ever happening. But here in New York City, we sold tickets to an event that was an interview and like an intimate like night experience with James Altucher. And then people got to see him do a comedy show afterwards. These are things I just didn't think could happen and allowed me to build a business that I really liked. Like I was miserable teaching and that's not to say teaching is a bad thing, but for me it was. It wasn't the best use of my talents and it wasn't fulfilling for me. So like it allowed me to create something that I didn't even think was available to me. And I think for any business, that's kind of the crazy thing about it is it can be a jumping off point to creating a bigger following when you totally get that It's not always about every single lead you're going to drive in for it, but it's about the impact you can make, the audience you can build, and what you can kind of spread out there in terms of your message. Because I know Gary Vee's even talked about it before. Like He's like, yeah, I'll go on a show now with somebody that nobody knows because you know what? In three years, he could be the next Elon Musk. Like You never know what you're doing in terms of the platform you're going on, and it could really be big. Yeah. I want to ask you about what are some of the tangible business results? People go, oh, it's a podcast. The same way people go, oh, it's social media. They don't understand that it's it can drive business. But what I also love about podcasts is that it's a library. I got a chance to meet Joe Polish this past weekend and I was chatting with him and he's like, go to my podcast and go listen to the first several episodes. And he recorded mm-hmm. it back in 2011 and they're still sitting there. Mm-hmm. And 
super relevant. And I'm sitting here taking notes. I'm three podcasts in and, and I'm listening to stuff that he recorded like six years ago. So it's a library that's going and can sit up there and house knowledge for a long time. But what are some of the hardcore, because I know you work with clients of all different industries, you know, stunned by your ability to, to really get into lots of different industries and niches, but what are some of the hardcore business tangible results that someone can see from starting a podcast, getting on podcasts by really kind of utilizing and like you call it commanding your brand through podcasts? What, what are some of the results that they see? Well, there's kind of the two the two sides of it, right? Like for me, like it created something that wasn't there, but it created a, a six-figure business that didn't exist before. And for other people, there's kind of when you have a business already established, we had a client that had two multiple six figure months in a row that he attributed directly to getting on podcasts and what he was doing on the marketing side of that. Because there's also the aspect of great, you appear on the show, you got some leads or you got some interest, but what are you going to do with it? And that was kind of the back end of that. Of how does your email marketing strategy go? How does, your, how does that connect to your sales funnel? How does that connect to maybe having a chat bot on your website that's going to look for people you've talked to or setting up like, do you know what Snipply is? Yeah. They're setting up a Snipply like landings bar on that episode you're sharing out. So it's about really understanding how you can take advantage of every chance to talk to every single person that's coming in. Because, okay, you get 10 leads, but let's look at how often you're trying to communicate with those 10 leads or get those 10 leads on the phone or get those 10 leads to do something. Because you know what? Now three of them could turn over when none of them would have turned over before. So it's kind of looking at what are you going to do to keep them engaged and keep them moving and keep adding value to them? Because the more value you add, the better your scene to them. The more value you add, the better your scene to them. And you could make a sale or you could raise your company standing. So it's really about looking at that. Like, I don't want to give the exact numbers because I don't know if he's okay with me doing that. But I had a client that did have multiple six-figure month in uh, March and April this year from getting on podcasts and what he did on the marketing end from that. Yeah. And I was, God, what is his last name? His name is Pete something. And Jesus, if you're out there, Pete, I love you. But he was really sharing that, you know, you can get on a ton of stages and you can get on a ton of podcasts, you can get all this exposure. But if you don't have that service behind it, if you don't have something to sell behind it, or like you said, that funnel, or the, mm-hmm. it, it really, then you need both. It's not Pete Vargas. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was hanging out with. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, because that's uh, his big thing. Pete's always talking about, you can get paid to be on a stage, but how many back-end products do you have behind that? And your stage goes from being worth maybe two grand to talk on it to now a hundred grand. Anyway, it's just I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 so important because that's what I realized too is that I put out this effort to go out there and get exposure, but then I didn't have that back-end behind it to, to kind of mm-hmm. you know, create that revenue. So then I stopped getting the you know those stages. I stopped really trying to get that exposure and really built that. But it's you need both, right? There's no magic bullet, man. Like you have to have that behind it and you have to have something like that's working for you all the time. You know what I mean? And that's what either whatever your backend, be it email marketing, be it a chat bot, be whatever it is that's continually contacting that person that was interested in you for some reason, you know? Yeah. You've got a, you're kind of known for helping people get on podcasts and not only mm-hmm. not only get on podcasts, but to be what you call like be a good guest on a podcast. And I'd imagine kind of translating that exposure into business. So I always like to start with what do people do wrong? Just for me selfishly, like what are some things that people should maybe avoid or, or what are some mistakes that you see people make when they are going out and getting on podcasts or you know doing and getting this exposure? Can you talk about some of the you know, pitfalls that people make? I had a guest once that shall be remain nameless, but I always like to like give extra people that extra chance to find him in my intro. And I say, 
I give the best website for them to do. It's something I got from Michael and Neil. It's just really great to do. So I'm like, hey, man, what's the best website for you? He goes, all right, you got your pen ready? I'm like, okay, www.google.com. I'm like, come on, man, really? He's like, okay, okay, I got a better one. Okay, cool. I'm writing www.wikipedia.org. I'm like, okay, this guy's a jerk. Um, so it's really how you're going to carry yourself and like coming right into that interview. Mm. You know, let me ask you, like when somebody does that, what does that say to you about that person that you're going to talk to? I mean, it says, for me, it's like, it's kind of a lazy answer, right? I mean, it's kind of like, I don't want to deal with that, frankly. I just Okay. Like, <laughs> well, from a, host, from a host standpoint, that would say to me, all right, this episode is going to be about how awesome I am and why you should bow down at my feet by the end of it. Mm, and right. there's not going to be many people that are really going to listen to that because if they don't know who you are already, they don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And unless you're going to give them something valuable, it's kind of like whatever. So that's kind of the first thing. Anybody that I've ever been on their show or done whatever, the first thing I ask them is how can I be valuable to your audience? You know, what's going to really help them at whatever they're at in their journey. And I can then position what I have to talk about through a way that's actually going to help the people that are listening. And when you look at it in that way of being valuable, it's going to change the game for you. It's going to change the game for you. But here's the thing. Don't be valuable without telling people where to go. You need to have a great call to action at the end. Yeah. And, and that way, when you give people that value, you're telling them where they can find you. You're telling them exactly what they can do with you if they want to work with you. So it's really showing up in a way that you're going to serve that audience and give them what they need to either feel like they can move forward in their business or actually help them move forward in their business. And then actually, in, in the end, give them a way they can work with you and continue to interact with you. To create a show. I don't think there's really one answer to that, especially as you think about some of the companies that are operating in the medium today. They have a very different agenda than, let's say, an independent podcaster that launches a show. So you have to think about what that motivation is and what that difference is that will get you launched and off off the ground and pursuing that particular direction with what you're doing. So it's uh, I'm not sure that there's one formula that actually works that I can really, really point to. Yeah, I think that's a great point because can you maybe speak a little bit what some of these bigger companies what is their goal because i think when a lot of small people start out their their thing is to build a personal brand or to right. become an authority or an expert but for a, a business or a brand or a larger company what is their motivation or what are what are kind of their ends for having a podcast? Well, it depends on what, what it is. I mean, some of the larger company podcasts are done because they're primarily content creators, primarily they're storytellers, but they're also focused on building a business, building revenue, building, those are parallel goals for them is that they're creating content, they're building teams, they're building content that is different than an indie might might do. They're they have a little or different or orientation to it. So you, you have to think that their goals are to build audience and to build revenue. And oftentimes a, a, a podcaster doesn't necessarily have those goals. You know, then there's other companies that are building content that are supporting maybe brand initiative, maybe trying to build deeper customer service relationships with their customers that they have uh, with their brand. So like, if you think about like Trader Joe's has a podcast and they do, that's a kind of like a small retail grocery chain. I mean, it's a national chain, but it's small stores. But what they tend to do with their podcasts is they storytell 
tell about the vendors, the manufacturers of the products that they sell in their stores. And they tell stories like how coffee is made. They take you to the jungle and take you through and talk about the process of how Trader Joe's contracts to get the coffee that's available in their stores and tells those stories which support brand building with that particular product. So you can kind of see the content can write along with reputation, can write along with deeper understanding, and it can create a deeper connection between that product and the customer. And so you have those layers that, that are also possible. And then there's other podcasts like I did back when I worked for Microsoft was doing kind of like product update podcasts. So if you're a customer of a particular product line, you listen to this podcast every week and it tells you the, the latest improvements or the upgrades or the different ways that you can use that product. So you have a bunch of different ways that these larger companies can use this medium that isn't necessarily aligned with how like maybe an independent producer might. Yeah. A lot of brand awareness opportunities and, right. uh, you know, ways to, to get outside of just the typical commercial or the mm -hmm. typical Facebook yeah. spot. Well, you don't want to actually, I think advertising, and th this is a much bigger topic that I don't talk about very often, but I believe advertising as the model that we have known it is dying. And what we're moving into an era is brand or reputation and um, creating content. And this is where content marketing comes in, is that the content sells the products, not this like the traditional advertising model is to put a 30 second ad together that creates some sort of level of fear in the customer that if they don't buy their product, they're going to have this ailment or they're going to have bad breath with their girlfriend if they don't buy Crest toothpaste. This relationship of building negativity with your customers is kind of being flipped. Now it's how do we create opportunity for our customers or how do we build emotional connections to the products and the brands? And that's what's changed because back when I started doing marketing, it was all about running these campaigns to try and get people to change behavior around fear or opportunities or those kind of things versus now it's more about solving people's problems and being that's why you also see a lot of campaigns doing fundraisers or doing kind of more um, mission-based kind of initiatives like buy this product and 10% of it goes to save the rainforest or something like that. So you're, you're having these type of connections now more than ever. And I believe it's part of this shift away from traditional advertising. Yeah, well, absolutely. I came up, I started in the sales world. And we saw that flip because I got into the, you know, I was selling in 2009, right when the internet, you know, everybody had a smartphone. And so all of a sudden yeah. salespeople couldn't be the ones who withheld the information. They had to be the ones who were giving. And it was the one who could teach and, and educate the most that uh, ended up doing the, the best. And I see that right. same kind of thing happening here as well. Yeah. 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 Rob, this has been a fantastic conversation and a ton of nuggets that I'm sure we'll have to revisit and pull out. One thing that I, I really enjoy about what you've done is you started at the center of podcasting and you really haven't gone very far. You're, you're back at the heart of it for the last couple of years. You've been working with Libsyn, who has been like the standard in, in podcast hosting platforms. It was the, right. the first platform that I've used and one of the most reliable, most well-known platforms. And I know what uh, they're, I'm excited about is they're continuing to innovate. And I know they've got some, some new things coming down the pipe. So do, would you mind sharing a little bit about what you guys have been up to uh, over the last little bit? Well, yeah, since I started at Lipson about two years ago, it was the goal of the company to update the, the whole backend publishing system. And these are not trivial tasks. I mean, this company was started back in 2004 and has established, you know, long-term relationships with a lot of podcasters and people get used to tools being what they are and they get comfortable with them and they get in their routines. And so, but, but we have seen increased comments back to us that our platform needs a little bit of a 
polish, you know, it needs to be upgraded to more modern design, more modern colors, those kind of things. And that's what we've been working on for the last two years, a sort, you know, so we started out with Lipson.com, kind of upgrading that, creating you know, that strong kind of green, kind of dark green kind of feel that, but Lipson is very community focused. It's very focused on the podcasting community itself. We're very much in touch with that. And so as we've transitioned to, from the old Lipson 4 tool to Lipson 5, we've given the podcasters the option to do both platforms. So you can stay in the the existing one that you're used to. And then over time, you can migrate over to Lipson 5, which is a completely different publishing experience. So become more familiar with where things are. It's kind of like a grocery store, right? You, if you, you know where the aisles are, where, right? Exactly. If you right. change where the milk is, right, you're going to upset a lot of people. So what we're trying to do is make sure that people know where the milk is before they have to go get it. Right. So, so that's what this transition is all about over to Lips and Five. So um, we do have a beta for it that you can get in and um, kind of get up to speed with what's going on with it. The upgrades and the improvements that are coming out before you fully adopt it. It's at beta lipson.com and you can sign up for it and if you're a current customer you can use it right now just go to five.lipson.com and that's f-i-v-e.lipson.com and you can start using it today how can people stay connected with you i know linkedin is, is a place where i got yeah. connected with you where else should, should people go and, and follow you yeah i'm on twitter pretty pretty regularly that's at rob greenley and i can also be found on the twice weekly podcast live video show that i do called the new media show at newmediashow.com and it's, it's available actually we're doing it simulcast on clubhouse too these days so we're trying to get it live on of course we have been getting it live on facebook and youtube and twitch and twitter and stuff for many years so it's about a 10 year old show but we talk about the world wide web or not the world wide web but podcasting space the video space every uh, every week but two shows a week so wednesdays and saturdays so if you want to get the latest on what's happening in the podcasting space give us a try and i can also be be reached at uh, rob g at lipson.com Fantastic. I'm sure if you are a media geek like I am, then you will enjoy those conversations. Rob, this has been a fantastic, wonderfully insightful conversation. And um, those of you guys who have stuck with us, we appreciate you hanging out with us. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode of the MYP Show. Thanks for listening to the MYP Show. We know that there are a ton of podcasts that you could be listening to, and we are grateful that you chose some time to spend with us today. If you're not connected with me on LinkedIn, just search for me, Hector Santi Esteban. Make sure you're subscribed to the show, and we'd always love for you to leave a comment or rating so that other people can find it as well. We hope you're having an amazing day, that you're safe and thriving, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the MYP Show.